RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. The security secretary says it's up to Taiwan if they want murder suspect Chan Tong Kai to stand trial. The government sticks to its guns over its decision to strike off a primary school teacher. An infectious disease expert warns people to think about getting flu shots, given the risk of a fourth coronavirus wave. And China's image takes a beating in the wake of the pandemic. The government is optimistic that murder suspect Chan Tong Kai will be allowed to go to Taiwan to surrender himself to the authorities, with the Secretary for Security John Lee saying the ball's in their court. Timmy Sung has details. The two sides have been embroiled in a dispute over handling Mr Chan's return to face charges of murdering his girlfriend in Taipei in 2018. Taiwan has said it sets up a channel of communication with Hong Kong to deal with the case, but Hong Kong has denied a channel exists and says there are no prisoner transfer agreements between the two sides. Meanwhile, Mr Chen reportedly cannot apply for an online visa to visit the island. In an interview with the Hong Kong Economic Journal, the security chief John Lee said as soon as Mr Chen had a visa to enter the island and his departure date was set, Hong Kong police could then provide assistance through a cooperation mechanism. He said since Mr Chen was willing to surrender himself, he couldn't see what could stop him from doing so. Lawyers in Taipei appointed by Mr Chen are said to be meeting Taiwan authorities to discuss his surrender. The chairman of the Education Policy Concern Organisation says certain topics, such as Hong Kong independence, shouldn't be discussed in schools but could be dealt with at university level. Mervyn Chung says he supports the Education Bureau striking a school teacher off the register for discussing Hong Kong independence in his primary school class. He said it was fine to discuss Hong Kong's constitution at a school level, but controversial topics should be left to tertiary students. To know the constitutional basis of Hong Kong and the basic law and these things, because the society of Hong Kong has been established on the basis of its legal framework. But then, if they're guided to go over and get closely involved in the study of such uh, controversial topics like the Hong Kong independence, separatist movement and these things. I think it's certainly beyond their reach, too remote from their daily life experience and also not entirely within their knowledge scope. So why bother? So let them do that when they proceed to universities. The Secretary for Education, Kevin Young, has dismissed allegations that the government's investigation of the teacher was lax and incomprehensive. The Education Bureau had rejected the teacher's offer for direct talks. Speaking on an RTHK program, Mr Young said a thorough investigation was conducted and the teacher's written submissions were carefully considered. Infectious disease expert Joseph Tsang is urging people to get vaccinated against influenza, even though last year's Last season's flu peak lasted only around five weeks because of anti-epidemic measures. Experts have been warning of a fourth wave of coronavirus infections given the recent rise in the number of local cases with no known source. Dr Chung says if the fourth wave coincides with the winter flu peak, patients could become seriously ill. It is always recommended to people to have early vaccinations of seasonal influenza. The reason behind is that Whenever people get simultaneously to have uh, COVID-19 and influenza, people are expected to have a more complicated story. Negative perceptions of China have sharply increased among people in several advanced democracies. As Vicky Wong reports, the survey showed while a majority of respondents didn't trust President Xi Jinping, President Trump fared worse. 
A survey from the Pew Research Center of over 14,000 people in 14 countries showed a majority thought badly of China. 81% in Australia cited an unfavorable view, a rise of 24 percentage points from last year. Other countries with an upward trend were Britain with 74%, 71% in Germany and 73% in the United States. A median of 61% across the countries said China handled the coronavirus outbreak poorly. Even more, 84% said the US mishandled the outbreak. A median of 78% of respondents didn't trust President Xi Jinping to do the right thing in world affairs. Only President Trump had a worse reputation among those surveyed, with a median of 83% saying they don't trust him. President Trump says he's calling off negotiations in Congress on a stimulus package to help the US economy recover from the pandemic until after November's presidential election. The Democrat House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has insisted on an aid package totaling over two trillion US dollars. Republican senators have indicated they wouldn't support stimulus legislation of more than one trillion dollars. Ms. Pelosi reacted to the cancellation with indignation. He's um, infected by the coronavirus and the president's in the hospital. Our president, we prayed for him. And then yesterday comes out of the hospital and says, turn off the negotiations. And I don't want it to wait two and a half, three and a half months until a new president. I would hope that this president now with this moment of his own experience would say, let's prevent this from happening to someone else. Let's take care of those to whom it has happened. And President Trump received a blow in his campaign to get a coronavirus vaccine approved ahead of Election Day on November the 3rd. The U.S. Drug Authority has issued stricter guidelines for COVID vaccine developers, which White House officials had sought to block. The Prime Minister of Kyrgyzstan, Kubatkev Boronov, has resigned as opposition groups have taken control of key buildings and offices in the capital, Bishkek. Opposition protesters occupied the parliament building early yesterday following disputed elections on Sunday. Here's the BBC's Ian McWilliam. The Kyrgyz capital, Bishkek, remains tense. Protesters are still in the parliament building and businesses are worried about possible looting. The election commission has annulled the election results and opposition groups and political parties have been setting up a new administration. An extraordinary meeting of parliamentarians in a hotel has chosen a new speaker and a candidate for Prime Minister, Sadir Zhaparov. A number of ministers and provincial governors have also been changed. But the office of the Kyrgyz president, Soranbay Zhenbekov, says that he's still in Bishkek and still in control. Meteorologists say global temperatures in September were the warmest ever recorded for the month. The European Union Weather Service said September was 0.05 degrees hotter than in 2019. Here's the BBC's Roger Harabin. The heat contributed to record wildfires in California and Australia to the hottest day recorded, 54.4 Celsius in Death Valley, and to unprecedented storms in the south of France with more than half a metre of rain in a day. The French Met Office said a deluge like this was expected once in a hundred years. They've had two in the last week. Scientists warn these extremes are happening with just one degree of heating globally when under the current projected rate of carbon emissions, we're heading towards three degrees. Eddie Van Halen, considered one of the greatest ever rock guitarists, has died. He was 65. The co-founder and lead guitarist Van Halen had been suffering from throat cancer. The band was a huge commercial success in the late 1970s and 1980s. Here's the BBC's Lizo Mazimba. Eddie Van Halen was the band's main songwriter. Maxwell, jump, jump. 
classically trained pianist, he was as comfortable performing on the synthesizer as he was playing lead guitar. His trademark melodic style and use of harmonics helped make him into one of rock's most influential guitarists. He also performed with other big stars, most notably with Michael Jackson on the single Beat It. Official US figures show that in August the country recorded its largest deficit in international trade in 14 years as the economy struggled with the effects of the pandemic. Here's the BBC's Andrew Walker. President Trump has described trade deficits as being a case of the US losing billions of dollars, although many economists would dispute that view. The new monthly figures underline how persistent the deficit has been during his term. The volume of trade increased, continuing its still incomplete rebound from the COVID-induced slump. Imports have recovered faster than exports. The deficit in 2019, before the figures were distorted by the pandemic, was already larger than when Mr Trump took office. The total wealth of billionaires in the SAR ballooned 14% between April and July to a total of 356 billion US dollars. That's according to an annual study by UBS and PwC. That's despite a total a fall in the total I'm sorry, that's despite the total number of billionaires falling by 2 to 65. The rise in overall affluence was in line with global trends, with billionaires' wealth hitting a new high of 10.2 trillion US dollars, with the Asia Pacific accounting for a third of the total. Here's Dominic Schneider from the UBS Wealth Management Chief Investment Office. It's clear that China was first affected by the pandemic and, and came up very, very quickly. I think that's one element that was beneficial for APEC. That's one factor. The other factor is that there is a lot of entrepreneurs in the area of healthcare and technology, which makes a big difference. I think that is also a factor to contribute. And I think these are the key elements uh, when you ask me why we have seen such a bounce in relative terms. Uh, with regards to other regions like Europe and the US will still today struggle quite strongly with the, the pandemic. A report by a committee of the US House of Representatives has accused the four giant American tech companies of using anti-competitive practices and abusing their monopoly power. It says Amazon, Apple, Facebook and Google made themselves dominant in search, smartphones, shopping and social media. Here's the BBC's James Clayton. Apple is described as having gatekeeper and monopoly power because of its control of Apple's operating system, iOS. The report also finds that big tech uses killer acquisitions to beat rivals, charge exorbitant fees and force small businesses into oppressive contracts. Some of what the committee is calling for sounds essentially like a proposed breakup of some of the world's biggest companies. One recommendation is to prohibit dominant platforms from entering adjacent lines of businesses. That could put a stop to companies like Facebook acquiring Instagram or Google owning YouTube. Even though Republicans accused tech firms of bias against conservatives, they didn't back the report's calls for structural reforms of the sector. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 105.67 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 17 cents. The pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 98 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,106, 119 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $50 billion. And now with the sports, here's Adam Chung. 
We start with tennis. The king of clay has marched into the semifinals of the French Open. Rafael Nadal defeated the Italian teenager Yannick Sinner 7-6-6-4-6-1 to stay on course for a record equaling 20th Grand Slam title to match Roger Federer. Every time Nadal has reached the semis at Roland Garros, he's gone on to lift the trophy. That's happened 12 times. His next opponent is Argentina's Diego Schwartzman, who's made it into the last four at a major for the first time. He needed five sets to get past Dominic Team. Nadal says he's aware of the challenge that Schwartzman presents, especially after losing to him in Rome two weeks ago. Well, of course, it's a challenge. No, no, I think uh, when you lost to somebody is because uh, he's playing well and today he played an amazing match against uh, one of the best players of the world without a doubt uh, and especially under this surface so he's coming with big confidence not two weeks in a row he's in the final in Rome now semi-finals here he beat me there so that's a plus of confidence for him I know that the Los Angeles Lakers are one win away from securing their first NBA title in 10 years. They've taken a commanding 3-1 lead in the best-of-seven championship series against the Miami Heat after winning 102-96. The Lakers pulled away late in the game thanks to a three-pointer from Anthony Davis with 39 seconds remaining. He finished with 22 points. LeBron James had a game-high 28 points and 12 assists. Felt like a finals game. Felt like both teams was desperate, understanding the situation they both put themselves in. And uh, trying to get every extra possession, you know, execute offensively, try not to make mistakes defensively. And uh, that's what it was all about. In baseball, the Houston Astros have beaten the Oakland A's for a second straight game to start their best-of-five American League Division Series. George Springer drove in three runs in a 5-3 Astros win. The Tampa Bay Rays hit four homers to beat the New York Yankees 7-5 and even their series at a game each. In the National League, the Atlanta Braves drew first blood against the Miami Marlins with a 9-5 victory in Game 1. Canada's top hockey prospect Alexis Lafreniere is officially a member of the New York Rangers after the club selected him first overall in the NHL draft. The six foot one winger is the first Canadian to go number one since Connor McDavid went to Edmonton in 2015. The Los Angeles Kings used their second overall pick to select defenseman Quinton Byfield, making him the highest drafted black player in NHL history. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Adam. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The security secretary says it's up to Taiwan if they want murder suspect Chan Tong Kai to stand trial. The government stick to it, sticks to its guns over its decision to strike off a primary school teacher. And an infectious disease expert says people should think about getting flu shots given the risk of a fourth coronavirus wave. The news from RTHK. I want to talk to you. The last time we talked, Mr Smith, you reduced me to tears. I promise you it won't happen again. Do I attract you? Do I repulse you with my queasy smile? Am I too dirty? Am I too flirty? Do I like what you like? I could be wholesome, I could be loathsome, guess I'm a little bit shy. Why don't you like me? Why don't you like me without making me try? I try to be like Chris Kelly, but all her looks were too sad. So I tried a little Freddy. Tim. Mm-hmm.
Welcome to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday, the seventh of October, is today's date. Many thanks to Phil Whelan for the morning brew, and we have a jam-packed program for you. Just after half past one, we'll be hearing about the upcoming TEDx Tinhao Countdown,、uh, which has a special focus on the climate emergency. And we'll be chatting with Jen Flowers, the founder and the chair of TEDx、uh, Shanghai Women, and also TEDx Tinhao Women, along with Victoria Gilbert, who's also part of the leadership team of the TEDx Tinhao Women and TEDx Tinhao Countdown.、Um, in about ten minutes or so, they'll be joining us in our studio. So stay tuned for that and. You can also、uh, see Jen and Victoria on the Facebook Live as well. We hope to bring you that interview on our Facebook page. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio Three is the page to go to. And after two o'clock,、um, Anne Marie Evans, our very own Anne Marie Evans, ventures out to talk to artist Movana Chan about her work, which is called Knit. Tricha is really cool.、Um, Mavana shreds books and magazines, or maps, or, or anything to do with、uh, literature,、um, and then she shreds them and then she knits them into sculptures. So stay tuned for that. And finally, after two thirty, Cruzy McCalligan is in for the midweek audio column, and this week we'll be chatting about hair dryers.、Um, as usual, we want to hear from you as well.、Uh, Feel free to drop us an email. Our email address is one 